0: I need to know are you feeling bonita? Yeah. I am feeling bonita. Alright, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to a special episode of the Epic Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce, it's episode 138.5, and I'm joined on the line once again by
1: Bucks, How are you now? And I am doing great, <laughs> especially after this draft weekend.
0: Oh my goodness! I've heard, you were telling me about that before we we started recording, so we're going to have to share that with the audience of so like some of the spicy things you you managed to pull together. Uh, bottom line is, I gotta ask: Was it fun? Is the draft format for March of machines fun? In
1: um, the Tldr, yes.
0: Nice, like it. All right, so folks. Listen up. We're gonna to get. To, we're going to talk all about March of the Machines today. Uh, sorry, March of the Machine. There's no pluralized on that one. I say it regularly. I get it wrong. But we got lots to talk about. So let's get down to some business. If you like what you're hearing and you like the content that we're putting out each week, uh, please go and check us out at thelotuscouncil.com. That is our home on the internet, and you can find our every podcast we've recorded there. Our podcast is also circulating a number of a variety of different servers. Uh, It's also on all your favorite platforms for podcasts. So come and check us out. We'd love to have you guys join us each and every week for our show. Uh, If you want to get a hold of us, you can check out the show notes at the bottom. uh, So you can join us uh, and send us messages or contact us on Twitter or whatever else. And, uh, you know, ask us questions or uh, interact with us. We'd love to have you guys. All right. So we're going to get started tonight. We've got segment one. We've garbage are great. We've got a card from Marsh of the Machine, which I think is actually a pretty fun one. Are you ready, Lux? Yes. There we go. Chrome Host Seed Shark. Two and a blue for a creature, Phyrexian Shark. It's a 2-4 with flying. And it says, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, Incubate X, where X is that spell's mana value. And so just to review what, everyone, what Incubate does, it says create an incubator token with x plus one plus one counters on it and then two transform his artifact it transforms into a zero zero phyrexian artifact creature that will have those number of plus one one counters on it all right so chrome host seed shark every time you cast it on a creature spell you're going to incubate what do we think i mean honestly
1: like this this just seems nuts yeah it
0: does doesn't it right like so Audience, this draws parallels to Shark Typhoon. So, if you haven't, if you didn't play Ikoria, Shark Typhoon was a hugely impactful card. It still is a very impactful card. Um, That is a six mana enchantment that you can cast or you can cycle it. And it essentially creates flying sharks equal to the converted mana cost of the spells you cast. And so, Chrome's host Sea Shark plays into the same vein of of cards and is making incubator tokens with counters on it and it feel like that like to me that feels like a really potent ability uh that can get out of hand very quickly right like is that like is that yeah. how you essentially read that one Lex? yep now let's be real like honest folks like this could be really potent In some, it's gonna be potent in almost any deck, right? Like, let's be real. If you're a blue deck, you're gonna run Chrome Host Sea Shark, all right? But it's gonna be particularly broken in something like mm, Urza. Urza just as a starter, right? Or things that are decks that care about artifacts. (laughs) I'm thinking Brutaclad would be another one that really cares about this. Um, Brutaclad in particular would be awful, would be pretty terrifying with this one because Brutaclad makes a 2 1 token every turn. And then uh, at the, as you enter combat, all your other tokens, which would include all these incubator tokens, um, turn into uh, two ones instead of zero zeros and are wearing all those counters. And so if you can flip a bunch of them and get attacking, you can do a lot of damage in a hurry. So um, there's a lot of applications to the, to the, to the incubator tokens being, being artifacts, if nothing else. And the fact that you can make an army on the ground out of, you know, non-creature spells seems, what's the word I'm looking for, really good. <laughs> so, um, I of the opinion that this is probably great, and we're just sleeping on it.
1: What are your thoughts there, Lux? This is one of those hidden
0: gems that we like to talk about. Well, yeah, Hidden Gems is right, because right now, audience, like this card is going for about somewhere between a dollar seventy and two dollars, depending on which version you're getting. And I think this has got a lot of applicability. Like if you're getting the borderless version, you're getting it for two eighty or for two dollars and eight cents. If you're getting the non-foil version of the plain old pack version, you're paying a dollar seventy. This seems like a really and like let's even be real, even as a three-mana two four with flying. Those are very reasonable stats for a three-mana card. So this doesn't lose up any metric as far as I can tell. This is just good. This is a great card. Like If you have losing yeah. your packs or if you've got 10 bucks to spare and you're buying a few singles, pick up a couple of these, sock them away, and you're going to use them, and they're going to be good.
1: End of story. All right, is there anything more to say
0: about Chrome Host Seashark? Nope. Yeah, like I don't like I don't know why that's a two dollar card because like see, Shark Typhoon, which is a similar card, Shark Typhoon is how much?
1: It's like a ten dollar card. Like that seems
0: to me like a really good investment. Now I recognize as a creature, it dies more easily, but I think it's also more easily to recurable. So anyway, I think I think that's a good, pretty good pickup. Okay, let's talk about March of the Machine and the pre-release and d- subsequent draft weekend, my friend. So, let's talk about some of the mechanics and what your experience with them were. Um, and whether or not they think you, you, we think they got any sort of applicability as we move time uh, move forward into Commander. So, the first big one, I think, is pretty obvious. I think it's battles, because the whole sort of set was talking about battles. It's kind of like the gimmick of the set. So in limited, how were the battles? Like initially people were really excited for them. They thought they were gonna be a defining feature of the format. What were you, what was your experience with battles, Lux? Well they,
1: they the main one that and I ended up getting they believe it or not
2: they this is actually a pack one pick one. Like Invasion of New phyrexia like this one they I just stomped big time with it.
0: Especially when okay. I get to flip it. Yeah, well let's have a quick read of the card because um it's 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 worth reading because I think it's not necessarily obvious so people people don't always remember what they are anyway. So we have white, blue, and x for a battle siege. When invasion of new Phyrexia enters the battlefield, create X2 two, two White and Blue Knight Creature Tokens with Vigilance. So that's pretty sick. And oh uh, oh yeah. It has six defense loyalty on it. So, if, like, if I were going to like tell you, Lux, you had an enchantment that you cast it from your hand, and it made X numbers of two two white and blue knights. You just run that, right? Like this sort yeah. of card. You just, yeah, I'm just going to run this card.
1: They so, especially they, especially in a Bant deck, because you could just use the green to ramp.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and then, and that's sort of what, like that'd be kind of like an ideal home for this, like some sort of like, yeah. but even so like you're playing a blue white deck that's even just controlling your token. Like you're going to yeah. get a lot of value out of it. All right. Now let's imagine for a second that we've been able to take the six defense counters off of it. And we're left with Teferi, Akoza of Zelfir. Uh, I probably ruined this. out of I probably ruined how to pronounce that, but it turns into a planeswalker and not just anybody. This is Teferi. And Teferi has this unfortunate habit of being awesome. So let's read him. So four loyalty, plus one. Draw two cards, then discard two cards, unless you discard a creature card. Okay. So we're playing... Oh, the... Oh, there's the white-blue instant from... Uh, the new... Like, the last two in shot uh... Oh, come to me in like 10 minutes, I bet. How much you, I'll remember it. Like, anyway, it's effectively having that effect. Draw two, discard two. Um, sure. Minus two. You get an emblem with knights you control, get plus one, plus O, oh, and have ward one. <laughs> like they needed ward one. Okay. And then minus three. Tap X creatures you control, like all those knights you just made when you do shuffle target non-land permanent an opponent controls with mana value x or less into its owner's library oh my god that is funny so you can do, they go to try and reanimate a target you can now just go no you're not getting that big scary demon back it's gonna get shuffled into your deck all because i have a bunch of knights oh my goodness okay lux Tell me, how much beating did you do with this card? How much destruction did you cause?
2: And I shuffled someone's Ellis Norton back into their library. And they were about to use it to kill me.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Oh, that's... Oh, loss. Okay, so you just lived the dream mm-hmm. right there. Yep. Like, that's like... Did you take a photo of it? I wish I did. Oh, man, me too. Okay, so you're telling me that one's good what you're telling yep. me all right now the question is are all the battles good and i don't i think the answer is at this point they're not correct no of course
2: not they like the other way the other way we went over one of them and yeah that one was yeah,
0: yeah so i'm just looking through all the top cards of edh rack and there are some number of these are that are like like, Invasion of Icoria, we'll review it later. It's the top five cards of the set. Um, you know, but we're not seeing too many of them appear until... you got sort to of the top 20 where you see an invasion, invasion of Zendikar, which has got, you know, it's more, more or less just a green ramp spell that you can possibly flip over for value. Um, and then a lot of... There aren't too many other... Invasion of Segovia appears in the top 30 cards... Invasion of Fiora, so and so on and so forth. Like, it's not like it, they're hugely impactful in Commander yet. And I, I guess it sort of begs the question, like, is it too, does it need to have a very... No, let me rephrase that. Does the front effect on the Siege need to be of a suitable power level that it can stand on its own merits and that you don't need to flip it over in order for the, the card to be good and playable in Commander?
2: And honestly, I believe yes, because that is going to be the version that people will be stuck with until they're able to dwindle down those and in, into counters.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really the issue. I think I think it's harder than people presume to attack the saw so, uh, attack the battles to remove the the counters because um, you may not have a overwhelming board presence. Uh, In most cases, in which case you're trying to attack with smallest creatures. I mean, obviously, if you have some big evasive demon and you can flip the things at well, great. I mean, good on you. But um, I think by and large, what we're seeing is that like the the ability, like you don't necessarily want to devote an attack stage to flipping your battle because it's a lot of work and it slows you down and you may have other things you want to do with your attack steps. So um, I I think the sort of the consensus is kind of like they're okay. Um, Some are better than others, but they're not going to see widespread adoption the way that some new card types get when they, when they show up. Right. It's kind of, that's kind of my read on them. (coughs) All right. Um, The next question is convoke. So, Convoke is back. Um, the last time we saw it was in a core set, I believe, um, and it was in predominantly white and green colors to help us cast creatures. Now, Convoke is back, and it's in red and blue, helping us usually cast non-creature spells. Is is Convoke now good? Is it good and limited for starters? Is it a, is that a good
1: arc? Did you want to get in that archetype, Lux? Mm. I'm honestly not sure about that one. Okay.
0: Do you think the spells look any good at all for Commander? If we go look up cards that have um, have uh, Convoke, let's go have a quick search. We have Convoke, and I want in blue and red, I want,
1: um, all right.
0: that's you're not getting a lot of cards really maybe just red cards red cards with convoke you're getting you have a crowd's favor which we saw at m15 stoke the flames is back which is good you get a good dragon at at uh uncommon shadow of the source burning sun's fury i don't know City on Fire is the one that gets my attention as being something really worthwhile. Let's go see what blue cards.
1: Blue cards with Convoke. You get a few more. Getting an Aura. We're getting some creatures. We're getting a Saga. Maybe? What do we think? Is it good? the a message. I think I think a lot of these cards are really not that good. Like I like
0: the city the city burning one. I like this transcendent message. Um, but it's expensive. X blue 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 blue. Sorry, so four quad blue and an X. Convoke, draw X cards. So you obviously build a board state and then spe- tap a lot of creatures at, at your end step before you untap, and then you draw a bunch of cards and can go nuts. I mean, I think that is applicability. I don't think it's exciting. Most of the rest of these things are, seem just to be okay. So can I just say I'm not jazzed? Yeah. Like So for commander purposes, there's going to be a few cards that are interesting, but I think by and large, not, not hugely impactful for us. Um, did you see like was Stoke the flame? I figure Stoke the Flames is probably the premium draft card from of the from that sort of suite of cards. Did you see a lot of Stoke the flames? Mm, I saw a couple. Yeah, I kind of I was in the impression that a card would be more impactful than it seems to have been up to this point. All right, Convoke. So Convoke is also pretty medium on the whole. All right, let's try backup. So backup allows you to put plus multiples of counters on things, and they adopt the abilities of the other card for a turn. Um, how was it as in-, in limited? Was backup fun to play with?
1: And honestly, like looking at and the all the cards from my pre-release and uh,
2: deck, I didn't pull any within uh, these uh, mechanics except for a couple of battles.
0: Really? I would have thought you'd see the like the backup mechanics show up because it was seemed to be a pretty well-supported archetype in in the in the set. Let's go see how many cards had backup in them. Um how many cards had backup? So there's like a good number, but they seem to be clustered in Jund colors. Well, maybe not. There's a couple of white ones. Number red, number green. I don't know. So what we're saying is that they're, you know, again, impactful but not impactful for limited because, like, there is like a number of archetypes involving this. It looks like there's a a white red archetype or or a, yeah, a white red archetype or maybe a blue red archetype or blue black. I get a red black. I guess so. You can find some interesting abilities, um, but not necessarily all you dreamed of. Um, I think consequently, I mean, looking at the cards, there's a number of interesting ones. Um, I think so, yeah, there's a, there is a commander deck built around the card, or built around the backup mechanic with, uh, so Bright Palms, Soul Awakener, uh, Fox Shaman. So, I, I mean, I guess Wizards seems to think the, 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 the mechanic has some legs to it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just feels it feels underwhelming, is what I like would say in terms of a mechanic. Like it's interesting, and I, and I certainly know in limited, it's valuable. It's a good, it's a good mechanic, but I'm not as sold on it being really being able to stand much on its own legs in commander for long, right? Yeah. So. Which is disappointing. Like I would always love to see one of these mechanics start to like, drift into the ability to like, impact, impact you know, Commander. Um, Incubate seems good. Uh, we talked about it in the Garbage are great. I do think there is some applicability for Incubate. Um, but I think more and more, uh, the fact that you're making a lot of artifacts with your Incubate tokens, and just randomly makes bodies, turns like, things with proliferate into a, into more interesting effects turns other ways to put counters on things, more interesting effects, uh, allows you to be, abuse and use your artifacts. So I, don't, I think Incubate's got a little more staying power than some
1: of these other mechanics. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean. What
0: do you think? Like, I mean... You've seen the cards in action. Like I've I've seen a few of them. a few of them play out in in uh, on, on arena. And I have to say a few the few I've seen have looked okay. I can imagine how they would might be particularly useful once we get to um you know, more a more concentrated level of them, where you've built your deck to really take advantage of them. Yeah, because yeah, um, then they the see...
2: set they the set does release, so when they gotta give it time for like the cars to circulate people to start forming decks
0: yeah i mean i think so but i think but i also think that some of these mechanics like just sort of lend themselves to, to existing strategies far more effectively like, so i think incubate lends itself to artifact strategies pretty readily so it's going to be adopted more rapidly than i mean i don't think i if convoke had been in white and green I think we might be getting close to having a critical mass of white and green Convoke cards to do some sort of Convoke shenanigans, um, which would be interesting, if, if not a little bit limited to the fact that I suspect, because they're creature-based, you board wipe, you probably destroy the Convoke deck. So, you know, that, there's that. Um, last but not least, we have the Flip Praetors, a sort of like a mechanically unique ability, where the, all the Praetors have cards, and Good Grief are some of them better than others, Um, I need to eat some crow here there, folks. Um, I had not anticipated all the text that's on Elish Norn. Holy jumping. Okay, let's read this one one more time. Two white, white, three five, legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor. Vigilance, because that's a relevant piece of text on it. Like. Whenever a source an opponent controls deals damage to you or a permanent you control, that source's controller loses two life unless they pay one. That's a that's debilitating effect. Like that's such a huge tax on attacking. If you get someone's life total down low enough and they need to they, they, they tap out to try and stabilize. even if you block, it's not as if you would deal combat damage, attacking, it's if you block even. And deal damage to a permanent they control. You're going to lose life unless you can pay mana. That's broken. Like, come on. I haven't even read the last line yet. Two and a white sacrifice three other creatures. Okay, you're in white. You're sacrificing three soldier tokens. Who cares? And you flip it. And it turns into this ridiculous uh, saga. Incubate two five times. Come on. You're just making a board state like you sack three creatures and you immediately make five five two twos like sure you got to flip them but good heavens and then creatures you control get plus one plus one again double strike sure let's why not let's put some double strikers out there and then destroy all other permanents except for artifacts lands and phyrexians so you get to keep those phyrexian tokens you just made and they get to oh oh this card is like very savage so they are very good. I don't think any of them have been dis- disappointed in this point, as far as I'm concerned. Did any of them disappoint you, Lux?
1: Lux? Uh-oh. I don't know what happened to Lux again. Let's find out. Did you hear me? No, I just missed you. Right, go ahead, repeat what you said. And they did
2: not disappoint me because I ended up value-drafting two of them. Whoa, what'd you get? I got both Erbrask and Vorenklex.
0: Yeah, which would be the two of the, uh, two of the lesser ones, but still very, very good, right? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So, when we ranked those Praetors, we should have paid a little more attention to some of these abilities... But still, still, I still stand by our rankings, but holy moly, these cards are potent. So, yeah. So, mechanically-wise, Flip Raiders are good, Incubate seems playable, Backup Convoke and Battles seem to be... Uh, the, the jury seems to be out on them, still, as they're waiting for a home. Agreed? Yep. Okay, good, good, good. All right, let's talk about some, some cards that were pretty uh, spicy. So next, uh, up first, we have Fairy Mastermind. This card seems very, very strong and very pushed. Two and a blue, Fairy Rogue, with Flash flying to 2-1. Whenever an opponent draws their second card each turn, you draw a card. And then three and a blue, each player draws a card. Wow. So thoughts on
1: this one? Yeah, honestly, I think that one could be pretty useful.
0: Ah, uh, could be. That's like risk. That's like rustic study sort of level. Like it's like you play that, and if your opponent draws a second card, which they often do in Commander, you're going to be just cashing that in for value and drawing uh, cards yourself. Of course,
2: like I was going to mention that a favorite mechanic of mine made a return in this set, and it could really work in unison with this card right here. What's that?
0: Surveil. Oh yeah, oh, true, true enough, true enough. So this guy, yeah. So you can do a lot of good things with some surveil. Plus this, you could. So you could pretty much craft a perfect hand by controlling what's on the top of your deck with a surveil and a fairy mastermind. Yeah, seems good. Okay. So fairy mastermind is good. If you haven't already fi- figured it out, go f- spend the ten dollars, buy your march of the machine fairy masterminds and But take them all the way to the bank. Um, All right. Next, we have tribute to the World Tree. This one I think is pretty crazy too. Green, green, green. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Its power is three or greater. Otherwise, put two plus one plus one counters on it. So this seems crazy, doesn't it? So this is how you turn elf decks into very big elf decks, or really any creature deck that's playing green, because you're going to do a lot, I think a lot of things, really, really, really big, quite large with this, this uh, Tribute to the World Tree, holy moly. So,
1: yeah, seems good to me, huh?
0: The synergy there is a lot more obvious because it's just so, so potent. Next, we have Invasion of Zycoria. This was, sorry, of Icoria. No, I want to open it. Not like it. Okay. Uh, Invasion of Icoria. Green, green, and axe. When Invasion of Icoria enters the battlefield, search your library and or graveyard for a non-human creature card and, uh, creature card with mana, like, axe or less, put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle. So,
1: what do we think about the front half? Like, and so it's like, yeah. Go ahead. Like quarter calling. That's what I. That's what I liken it to. It's like quarter calling. How often do you think this is going to be? Go and find Creator Hook Behemoth. And honestly, like... If people play their cards right,
2: we could see this in the, somewhat often.
0: Yeah, that's why I sort of worried about that one. You're going to see it pretty often. And then, if you could flip this thing, you get Xylortha, Apex of Vigoria. 8-8, eight, eight, reach. For each non-human creature you control, you may have that creature assign its damage as though it weren't blocked.
1: So, what do we think of that one? <laughs> Who likes the big old Dino? And
0: I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think this seems pretty obvious. <coughs> the front half of the card holds up on its own. It's um, it is very clearly just a you know another quarter calling effect. But um, you know at at sorcery speed, which is a disappointing choice. But if you go get it with haste, maybe it doesn't matter. Um, and then you get turned into a giant dinosaur. Alright, what do we got next? We've got um City on Fire. So, five, red, 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 with Convoke. is an enchantment. If a source you control would deal damage to a player or player, it deals triple that damage instead.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Tell me about it. What do you think? Triple the damage. I mean, honestly, they.
0: It's basically your average red card. Yeah, <laughs> it is these days, isn't it? It's like fire emancipation. Who needs, you know what? You know, what? we only need more than one fire emancipation. We need two. And here we go. So, City on Fire is there for you now to enjoy. This one is not hard to explain why it's good. It triples your damage. It just it triples it. Double's no longer good enough. We're just gonna triple it. Sure. Have fun, right? Pretty yeah, much.
2: Basically, uh, basically this card is asking you, hey, how and hot do you want your enemies to burn?
0: Uh dude, all the way. Like I want a 12 on a 10-point scale. <laughs> anyway. And then uh, last but not least, we have Itali, Primal Conqueror um Who is a giant? Who's our elder dinosaur? So everyone's favorite, big old red dino. Five red, red for an elder dinosaur. It's a seven-seven with trample because apparently he got more swole since he, we last saw him. He's got trample, and then when tally, criminal conquer enters the battlefield, each player exiles cards to the top of their library until they exile a non-land card. You may cast a number of spells from them from among the land non-land cards. Exile this way without paying their mana costs. Just sounds good, doesn't it? Like, blink this thing and go nuts. And then 9 and a green Phyrexian mana, which means you don't even need to have green Phyrexian mana, or green mana, in your deck. Well, you do because you're playing Commander, but you could potentially run it in a non-green deck in Standard. Spend 9, Transform Itali, activate only as a sorcery, and he turns into... Itali Primal Sickness this is a legendary creature, Phyrexian Elder Dinosaur, with Trample, Indestructible, as 11-11, and says the following. Whenever Itali Primal Sickness deals combat damage to a player, they get that many poison counters. So we're talking, we got Blightseal Colossus back without giving us Blightseal Colossus.
1: Yeah, like, this is gonna like, be one of those cards where they like, hey, you better hope you have a blocker uh, or two. Yeah, because like
0: like your your land or elves isn't gonna do the job here. It's got trampled. Yeah, like, you, you're gonna want a
2: beefy blocker for this. Yeah, you're, you're what I
0: mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this thing is like, me- this is just mean. This is how you end. This is how you end friendships. It's like, um, I, a tally, I'm gonna uh, swift foot boots get you for, like, flip it over, get you for 11? Like, I don't know, man. Like, this thing seems...
2: I, I, I mean, like, at the game table, friendships are rated anyways.
0: <laughs> there we go. Um, uh, yeah, so, the tally seems uh, really good. Um, expensive, but then again, you're paying for a giant creature, so it's going to be expensive. Um. Some overperformers that you you had in your pools, or Lux, that for, for either your your pre-release or from your uh, your your uh, drafting. So, what sort of what, was there anything that jumped off the page that maybe people should be going and targeting as being excellent cards that they could include? Well, Nate, the first being drama and Lavala. Drama and Lavala. Let's read drama and Lev- Lavala. See what people think. Uh, one white, white, black for a three-four legendary creature, vampire angel. With flying and vigilance-activated abilities of creatures you, your opponents control can't be activated. Dhrana and Levala has have all activated abilities of all creatures your opponents control. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate those abilities. Huh. So why did this overperform for you? What did it do for you? And,
1: well, for starters, and... I encountered in the opponents that had the Praetors, and was using
2: those activated abilities against them.
0: Oh, uh, I guess. Yeah, I guess that does turn off the Praetors, doesn't it? Because that's yep. an activated ability. Huh. Interesting. I had not considered that. So then alone, like if you're, if you're any meta that's going to play a lot of those Praetors, then it makes sense to have something to shut them off, right? So that seems strong. Of course, not just bitter, um, so basically anything with an activated,
2: like a strong activated ability, they get, get shut down, but you can use that
0: against them. Yeah, seems good. Um, we've already talked about uh, Invasion of New Phyrexia. Very good card. I'm actually Zamon and Dina, which is uh, great, great. Great. I love the color combination. So, Black, Green, Blue, Legendary Creature, Human Dryad, it's a 3-4. Whenever you draw your second card each turn, target opponent loses 2 life and you gain 2 life. And then, sacrifice another creature, draw a card, you can put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. If you control 8 or more lands, repeat this process once. So, tell me about Zimone and Dina. Why did they, well, what did this do Unlimited for you?
2: Oh, with the introdu- introduction of March of the Machine, you have green like mono green cards with surveil. And yeah. how it doesn't specifically say non token creatures, it just says creatures.
0: Yes, yeah, so I did notice that. That's a pretty big distinction to put on there. Um yeah, no, this thing is gonna be a really good role, like really good commander, there's no doubt about it. It's it's rewarding you for doing what you want to do anyway to draw cards, um and then if you can you know you can repeat it and draw a lot of value from sacrificing of tokens or anything. So yeah, I know I think Zavona Dina is excellent. It's under three dollars, so if you're looking to build a really interesting um, salti deck, go and give it a try. Um, really really interesting card. And then last but not least, we have Z- uh, Surak and Goreclaw. <laughs> Which is funny. So, Surrog and uh, Goreclaw are four green-green for a 6-5 human bear. Trample. Other creatures you control have trample. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a post-imposed encounter on it, it gains it gains haste until the turn. That seems silly. <laughs> like, I don't so... Yeah, well... You would. Okay, so audience, we're gonna go back way back in our way back machine. There was a time when Lux, one of Lux's favorite cards, was Lux Volpine Goliath. Volpine Goliath is a six mana six five with trample.
1: Is there a trample even? I think it had a trample.
0: Anyway, six mana six five. Here we go. We have a rare that's like six mana six five plus. So many abilities, it is ridiculous. Like, let's just give all my creatures trample because that seems fair. Oh, what? Oh, another non-token creature enters the battlefield. Let's make my things more swole. Like, g- dude's good. He's gonna be. He's he's gonna be really good wherever you play him. Um, obviously in a token or a plus a one plus one counter deck for sure. Um, yeah, I love me the idea of a Surak and a g- Goreclaw. Right, Larry Lux? Yep. Ooh. So yeah, those are some really spicy cards. Um, a lot of them are pretty cheap, too. Like, Sirak is $1.79. Simone is under $3. Drana and um, Drana and Linvala, again, under $3. You can get a lot of the, the key cards for your deck from not doing the other stuff. So yeah, no, it's uh, it seems like a lot of fun. Like, a lot of cool cards.
2: Yeah, like, Overall, like, I really enjoyed this set. And, like, in your mind, I don't know how it compares to Ikoria or in Throne of
0: Eldraine, but this one was pretty fun. So, um, I don't really... I, haven't, I, I can't really speak to it from a limited standpoint. I think from a constructed standpoint, I think this is going to be more impactful than, uh, than uh, Ikoria. Um, I think Ikoria is really only known for the Ten Companions, uh, and while there's a, f- a handful of other cards that are like Dranath magistrate and a few other things if you look at the number of cards that are actually being played from Ikoria, it's not as not as many as you might expect so let's go pull up icoria pretty quickly here it's so long wait that's a long time ago now i've yeah. forgotten i think but, just like, like it
2: just it just feels like the Ikoria wasn't actually that long ago but it still feels like that doesn't it
0: yeah, well, you and I started the podcast just after, just before Icoria came out. It was that spring, yeah, while the pandemic was just starting to get roaring. That you and I were, were doing it, talking about it. So in Icoria, well, we have Noble Drenath Magistrate and all the triomes get lots of play, but then there's not a whole lot of else that gets seeming I mean, Bastion of Remembrance is is a card, so I don't think there's a lot in lot to be said for Icoria that we haven't already talked about. I think Eldraine is like the more, you know, egregious example of power creep. And I think this is going to be guilty of it just as much as, as, uh, as it was. In no small measure, I think because we're getting all those legends back again, that people, there's a lot, we, since Ikoria, which you and I just asserted was a long time ago, same thing with Throne of Eldraine, that was 29, that was autumn of 2019. Like that's a long time ago now. And there's been a lot of players that have joined the game that may not have had a chance to play with a lot of the Legends and a lot of the cards from Eldraine. And now they're getting an opportunity to get their hands on them. So, yeah, I think the cards are are, are you know pretty impactful. So, yeah, it's it looks like a fun set, though. And I'm looking forward to doing some stuff with some of the cards. Um, as like, you know, Inga and Essica was last week's deck, this week's deck which is right where we're going to head to is another one of the legendary creatures is Yargle and Multani which I thought was going to be a bit of a joke, a bit of a meme deck until I was looking at modern results in the past weekend and Yargle and Multani appear as four ofs in modern can you believe that Lex? yeah, yeah so they're playing in some sort of deck that's looking to discard them and deal damage equal to the the creature or the damage of the power of the the creature you just discarded. So anyway, uh, Yargul and Multani, um, they are this week's deck. Uh, they are sort a black green rock deck, meaning you're playing a lot of really great removal. Um, you're playing a lot of cool uh, ramp abilities, but really this deck is about one thing and one thing only: it's about getting Yargle into play and sacrificing him sacrificing them for all sorts of value. So, uh, you know, as an example, a great example of what this might do would be this and Greater Good. Greater Good is an enchantment that says when you sacrifice a creature, draw cards equal to its power, and then discard three. Well, if you can find a way to ramp your, your Yargle and Multani out and then sacrifice it to Greater Good, you're drawing 18 cards, pitching three, Sure. I'll pitch three lands, and then you're left with 15 cards in hand. Um, you know, on an on an empty hand, no less. So I think I think that 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 ability alone is really potent, and people are going to have to watch out for it. If this deck is going to do stuff. Um, there's some really cool, like neat, like interactions. So Zulpendrel Hunger Dominus is the one is the uh, the Dominus from Uh, All will be one that doubles the power and toughness of your creatures. Um, So you can now double your um, Yargle and make it a 36-12 creature, which I don't think anything is coming back from. Um, You can do things like fling it at your opponent's... Oh, sorry. Jerrod Golgari Lichlord allows you to sacrifice another creature, and each opponent loses life equal to the sacrifice creature's power. Um, So, you know, you have that sort of ability going on. You're just looking to use your commander as a way to sack things for value um, over and over over again and force your opponent into a position where they retired. So, you know, yeah. (laughs) That's sort of the deck. It's really quite a straightforward deck. Um, You know, you're playing big things. Like, you're playing the original Yargle, Zopendral. You're playing Demon... What was it? Uh, demogoth titan um but then you also have things like uh death rate shaman and things so you know card seems good <laughs> uh yargo multani seems fun um but yeah so that's where we're at um and of course because you're in black and green you get a big healthy dose of ramp and removal and other big thumpers if you want to put them in your deck so um, all seems good uh, And I want to one point out one sort of Sneaky piece of tech that I think we have, We've overlooked up to this point And that is uh, Mask of Grizzlebrand Which uh, Gives your creature flying And lifelink and you just, you just Imagine slapping that On Yargle and going nuts So you know You're welcome So yeah And I mean it costs you 200 bucks to get you in the door, which really it's not that prohibitively
1: expensive. So,
0: yeah, thought it's an interesting deck. Um, I'm probably going to fool around with it and see what see what it takes to build it. Um, thought so, Lux. What do you think on Yargo and Multani?
2: And this deck really looks like it'd be up my alley.
0: It does, doesn't it? I mean. I sort of think this would be something that you and I would both enjoy playing if we were to go out and play take it, take it to an LGS. Um, do I how how good would it be? I don't know. But I think it's definitely got some appeal um that would, you know make people at least be interested in what we're trying to play, um, for having done something interesting with the deck rather than just playing the old standard cards because as everyone yep. can do, all of us are able to go back to uh EDH rec and look at the top commanders from the last two years and just pull a top commander it's way more interesting to grab something that's a little more obscure and pull it off and make use of it and and here's a great example of us using it with um, yeah he's using other commanders with our to play so yeah that's the thought if you want to check out the list there folks check it out in the show notes down below Ah, uh, you'll be able to check it out and see for yourself. Any last
1: thoughts or Lux? before we' move to, we're gonna move to sign off here, my friend.
2: And honestly, no, not really. And I just think that you know the really fun deck and they this set, and then I'm actually in the enjoying it so far.
0: yeah, I think this be this would be one of the sets that's a little more exciting. Um, I think this year they've done a really good job of making sets to be exciting. Um, I would have said, you know, a year ago, I wasn't really enthused with some of the sets. Yeah. Um, and, you know, certainly for a while now, Strixhaven was kind of underwhelming in some regards. Um, yeah. I, I liked Kamigawa, but I didn't like the Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow. Um, yeah, I Duke was Pitta, not a huge...
2: like yeah, it was disappointing.
0: Yeah, like, wore, but this, this year, I've been a lot more excited... Um, I will be honest. All we won was not my favorite set, but this one seems to be more more my jam. So I'm 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 excited for it once once again. So, um, yeah. But um, I think we're gonna move to wrap ourselves up. So everybody, thanks very much for stopping by. Um, check the show notes if you want to get a hold of us. We are on. Uh, you can email us. You can find us on Twitter. You can also find us on Instagram. All that information is in the show notes. You can find our decks on Moxfield.com, so please go have a look. Uh, And you can find our podcast each and every week at all your favorite podcast locations and on a number of different discords. Um, That's all from us this week. Uh, Have yourselves a great week. We'll talk to you again soon. And whatever you do, wherever you are, playing magic, be good to each other, have fun, and take care. Good night, everybody. Talk to you soon.